This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. The Bastards are back for this Saturday edition of the podcast. We are a part of the Minute Media Podcast Network. Just a quick disclaimer for all first-time listeners, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When they are getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you're easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, let's get rolling. Joining me tonight, and I am Joe Goddard, your host for tonight's episode. Joining me tonight from the city of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, by way of Wyndham, Maine, the one, the only, Terry Cushman. Ready to talk some trades. This is the last deep dives episode before the deadline. So uh, not quite as much anticipation as last year, but shouldn't be. Uh, it shouldn't be an uninteresting uh, last few days anyway. Well, at this time last year, the two of us finished recording an episode at about one o'clock in the morning only to turn off our phones and find out that Kyle Schwarber had been acquired. So hopefully that does not happen after this episode is finished recording. Um, If it does, this will never see the air. Also joining me tonight from the mile high city of Denver, Colorado, Andrew Dwan. Andrew, how are you? It's a good time of the year. Talk trades. Always fun. Always exciting, especially this year when we really aren't too sure what to expect, you know, it adds to the excitement a little bit. Let's let's dive right into it. There's a couple of big names that the Red Sox have with expiring contracts, and some of them might be gone in a little under a week. J.D. Martinez. Is he on the block? Are they going to move him? And what can they get for him? Terry, we're going to start with you. I personally hope not. I think moving him, despite the fact he has been struggling, I mean, he was 0 for, what was it, 0 for 10 uh, last series, and I'm digging up the numbers from the series before. Um, Yeah, he was, what, 2 for 10 that series. He's definitely... Uh, not been playing very well. I guess if you go back uh, a couple series ago, he was five for sixteen. But um, he's not going to be the player that commands the biggest return. Uh, we'll get to that player shortly. But I think it's fifty-fifty whether we move on from him or not. And I hope we don't. And looking ahead to next year all these guys were possibly going to have to replace. He's going to be a hard guy to do that with. I mean, DH isn't a hard spot to fill, but he's just been a stalwart, you know, in the middle part of our, 
lineup at the heart of our lineup and if you're not going to get a lot for him i'd just rather keep him i think i think his best value is staying with the red sox but i think it's 50 50 he's been one of the best he's been one of the best signings in red sox free agent history he's produced year in year out this year has been weird um i think he's really the only way to describe his output it looked great at the beginning of the year then it was like what the heck and it seems to be a contact hitter not dragging the ball and again i wouldn't be shocked if you know next series goes out and has three home runs but i don't think for the direction the team seems to be heading in which is the players want to add the players think that they have the team that can make the playoff push um, I don't think anything that J.D. Martinez is going to return to you is even worth it. It's going to be a package similar or worse than when Ben Attendee returned. Similar kind of traits at this point. Ben Attendee has been a lot of Babbitt luck, uh, zero power, selling out exclusively for contact at this point. But he can't play the field. JD doesn't have that. And if he's just going to be a contact hitter, I, I don't know what team's going to value him and is a 15th ranked pro organizational prospect even worth it in the long run. If, you know, if he's, especially if that guy's on the 40, he's, it just adds to a later issue that you're going to run into. And maybe they say, you know, Nate's not great anymore. We do want to move him. And they have to move about $19 million of AAV, which would be Nate beginning season AAV to get under the luxury tax. Maybe that's what they do. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a coin flip. I think they have to be blown away and get more than they anticipated uh, by a loser of a bell sweepstakes or something like that to move them. So Andrew, a lot of the listeners are probably wondering why they wouldn't get a good return for J.D. Martinez. And in years past, big bat moving at the deadline, you know, like a Nelson Cruz or, or someone like that has been able to bring back a decent return. Why is J.D. Martinez not being valued that way? It, simply put, he's not driving the ball anymore. And he can't play the field. I mean, obviously, neither could Cruz, but he was still providing some pop. And – JD's just not showing. He's picked the worst time to, you know, in, in terms of uh, value to just show a complete power outage. Uh, there's been a lot of balls dying in right field that we would have seen in years past where, you know, that's making it into the bullpen and maybe it comes back, but you'd have to feel really confident to take that gamble. Well, real quick, I mean, he, he is fourth. In all of MLB and doubles, only Jose Ramirez, Freddie Freeman, and Matt Olson are ranked above him. Kind of, kind of interesting that Olson and Freeman are number one and two, <laughs> given the history. But Martinez fourth. His OBP is still a pretty robust, three sixty one. I think someone will see value in him, and I think the return might be a little bit better than the Benintendi trade despite the fact he is only a dh he does have that postseason pedigree he's had some big moments in the postseason and 
if a team wants an extra veteran voice in their clubhouse, I think he brings that as well. And he's also unofficially uh, an assistant hitting coach, basically. So, I mean, a top 15 prospect, I mean, that sounds pretty realistic, but but perhaps someone will be a little more motivated than normal. How about the Astros? I, I know they've got um, Alvarez mostly as a DH, but how fitting would it be for JD to go full circle and, and end up what? with Houston? I mean, I think that'd be pretty good. And I think if they lost the Josh Bell sweepstakes, then maybe they would turn there. I don't know if the Red Sox would want to help them out theoretically, but I mean, I don't think Bloom holds that much emotion where it comes to like, I'd never trade this guy within the, you know, conference or division. I I think if he gets the best return from Team X, he's not going to worry about it. You know, I don't think he will either. I I think the, Best fit for JD Martinez is also the least likely trade. I think he would do really well in pinstripes. Oh, I don't. Yeah, with that short right field porch, Joey Gallo is a black hole, and I know they got Ben Attendee to to somewhat fill that. But if you could find a way to maneuver it so that JD Martinez is splitting time at DH, um with Stanton, I think he could be a huge asset and it would never happen. But uh, I think that would be the most valuable option for him. Moving on to another trade target. I want to go to the pitching side. This is probably the guy who would bring you back the highest return. He's probably the guy that fans would want to see leave the least out of the, the guys we'll go over on this show. But uh, Nate Evaldi, Terry, is he moving? Where might he move? And what do you hope to get for Nate Evaldi if he does move? And you do could, you want him gone? I, selfishly, no, I don't. I'd rather play out the uh, season because I, I still, uh, I hope that the vibe in the front office is we're not giving up. And it's tough to really know when you're when you're hearing the JD rumors, but with Avaldi, much like Martinez, he hasn't been been playing well lately. He is coming off of uh, I think it ended up being a back injury, um, but he probably would net the biggest return given his postseason pedigree. The fact he has pitched in big games but it's it's iffy i mean somebody eventually is going to milk the last drops of him uh, as a number two or number three starter and i don't know that we're not seeing that right now he only had let's see in his uh, last outing he's not gonna well he might pitch monday actually um but he only had, I think, one strikeout in the uh, in the last outing. I lost my page, but so I, I don't know. It's just it's tough to know. I mean, if they're trying to free up salary, like Andrew said, I mean, he and JD are in the upper teens anyway. I think JD's making a couple million more, but 
if you're if you want a shot at landing a, a top ten prospect, I, I think Evaldi's the guy to do that. Andrew. I'll start with destination first. I think St. Louis is probably the front runner there. And then I will go with I don't see him getting moved unless they lose two of three to Milwaukee, then the first game against Houston. I think they have to go. I think they have to lose three of the next four games to be a seller, uh, to put it just you know short. I don't. So, let me ask you this then: there, there's been discussions about this team both being a buyer and a seller. Could this be a point where maybe they sell Nate Evaldi because the young guys in you know Cutter Crawford, Brian Bayo, uh, Josh Winkowski? Are, are up now and just, just ride the youth wave here and try to get something big back? If Waka and Sale were healthy, maybe. I don't see them taken out of the rotation. I can see them moving Jake Diekman, who's looked pretty damn good lately, but I I can't see them subtracting their stalwart pitcher at this point. I, I just can't see any way that they could try to say, we're still in it, but then you lose the only you know constant in your rotation. So what could you get back for Nate Evaldi? Say they do lose, you know, three to Milwaukee, one to, to Houston, and you go to move Nate Evaldi, who's obviously fan favorite. Terry already mentioned his postseason pedigree. What could you get for Nate Evaldi? Maybe a back-end top 10 guy in a organization. I don't think you're getting a top five. I don't, I don't even know if you get a top seven. Well, here's a question. If if I'm correct, I think he would be in line to pitch on Monday. Is that are we playing Houston on Monday? I guess I better. Yes. Okay, so that's a Monday game. Do the Red Sox want him to make that start? Because if he if he gets lit up. Maybe his value drops. It, I think he has to because he was terrible his first time out. This last time out, he said it was his fastball mechanics. I'm not trading anything of significant value if I'm not seeing he's if seeing he's right. I, I, I agree with Andrew. I think you know you're coming off two bad starts post injury. You know he's got injury history, and he's what 33. Um, it's a risky investment and, and down the stretch, if you're going to give up a big piece, I think you have to see him perform one more time. The velocity has been there, which is encouraging, um, but you're going to want to see the command as well. Haven't seen the punch outs. Uh, one devil's advocate point for Andrew. I mean, if he doesn't pitch Monday, he's available to any team that wants to start him on Tuesday right away. And you get that one extra start. Whereas anyone who trades for him on the second, you're not pitching him until Saturday at the earliest. I think if you do, if he does move, he won't move until the deadline. It'll be one of those like Jake PV last minute moves. Right. Well, that's um, the day before the deadline. So, um, so do you want to make that start? I mean, I, I would want to make that start. If you're Heimblum, if you have any intention of moving him, I think, Getting five and two thirds, six hits, three runs against Houston would be huge to his value. 
it might get one team to just say, wait, that's that's the missing piece. I don't want him gone. Again, I, I think this team needs to add. But I I admittedly would not be upset if Nate Evaldi goes, you get a top 10 prospect, maybe like a number seven, like Andrew Bench would be the top end. You get like a number seven prospect from a team, and you go youth movement. I, I would not be too upset uh, with that scenario. Given what he's been so far this season, so I'm actually looking forward to this one playing out. Question: Which one, which trade hurts the team the most? Is it is it dealing Evaldi or is it dealing Martinez? I think it's Nate. I think it's Nate, and I don't think it's that close. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, because the okay. sa- sales injury means that without Nate you really need to fill inning somewhere. Well, you're getting Waka back, and apparently he's not even going to make a rehab start. He's just going to pitch a sim game and then come back. So um, it doesn't say when that will be, but it must be coming right up. Uh, you're also getting Rich Hill back. I don't know what that's going to do for us. And then... Maybe in two or three weeks you get James Paxton back. So I- that I think would be huge. Um, and if they knew that Paxton was coming back and was going to be healthy and could give you a start every time through the rest of the season, then I think you're a lot more comfortable moving on from a guy like Nate. But you don't know what you're going to get. Paxton's a $10 million lottery ticket. And, um, I would not be surprised if this team goes and adds, adds a starter and subtracts a starter. If you're going to buy and sell, I wouldn't be surprised if they move Nate and they get somebody with uh, maybe less pedigree but who has term for, for next season and, and going forward. Let's Let's move on to another guy who's been in a lot of trade rumors. He's... Sometimes gets a lot of flack from people on this show. Um, but he is one of the longest tenured players on the team. Christian Vasquez is a free agent at the end of this season. He's having a pretty good year. Terry, is he moving? Where would he move? Do you want him to move? And what do you think they could get back? If we don't win another game before Tuesday, I will say there's a 25% chance Vasquez gets moved. If somebody really comes over the top and gives you, you know, something nice. But the other thing that makes it tough is, see, I don't really remember a catcher really moving at the trade deadline. I guess we got Victor Martinez in 2009 from Cleveland, but... Typically, those aren't the type of moves that that happen, and Vasquez would have to learn another rotation and another bullpen. So, I don't know how motivated teams will be to get him for just a couple of months with no um, control beyond twenty twenty two. Andrew, your thoughts? Yeah, I, Vasquez being traded just singularly would be. Uh, the ultimate white flag. There's no one that can replace him on this team. Um, now, if they wanted to get extremely creative, move him to maybe a Houston or someone, and then you t- couple that return with some in-house prospects and 
you know, blow Oakland, you know, out of you know, just blow their minds with a package to get Sean Murphy, maybe something like that. But I I just don't see Christian moving on without a subsequent subsequent plan. So the, there's been a lot of smoke uh, in recent weeks about about the Red Sox, you know, being involved in either as buyers or as sellers of the trade deadline. Who's most likely to move? And then what are the chances you think that they even make a move? Go ahead, Andrew. Most likely to move, I'm going to go with Jake Diekman. Um, and I think it's a hundred percent chance that they add, uh, probably a reliever and a bat. Um, I don't know to what extent that bat will be. I don't think you should expect Josh Bell. I don't think you should expect Juan Soto, like guys like that. I think maybe a Christian Walker could be in play with Arizona. I think that'd be a hell of a move. He's been kind of my target because. It's A, Arizona. Uh, B, I think Josh Bell is, you know, the prettiest girl at the ball, but Christian Walker plays a hell of a first base. His average might suck, but he's hitting bombs, and that's essentially the Kyle Schwarber, you know, recipe, but with defense. Terry? You know, well, before I give my pick, I mean, has Deakman been connected to to moves? I, I, you've been bringing it up for a while, and I wouldn't mind moving on from him because I don't think we're going to look back in a couple of years and say, oh, that was a good move. He hasn't, but I think, well, he's been pretty decent lately, and you can move a reliever to a team that needs one pretty easily, especially a lefty. All right. I was just curious. Um, Christian Walker does sound like, uh, you know, a good move here. I'm, I'm not looking for a Kyle Schwarber splash. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen this year. As far as the Red Sox go, I just want to see them make similar moves as to what the Braves did last year. Just give me a couple of guys in the lineup who are adequate. And I'm boldly assuming we're getting Devers back shortly and, uh, you know, Xander's waking up. I really think JD's going to be productive as far as hitting goes, whether that's just going to be extra bases or perhaps the ball start going over the fence a little bit more frequently. I don't know, but I just want to see, I just want to see a couple of smaller moves here to, to give this team a, a little bit more energy. Remember, Eduardo Nunez in 2017, the dude was a spark plug out in San Francisco. And for a solid month or so, he was with the Red Sox as well. I think he hurt his knee at some point in September. And then he, he had that, um, he, you know, it got worse in the playoffs and he got carried off the field, but just give me something like that. Just give this fan base some hope right now. I really think if they do add and it's it's someone notable, it's probably going to be someone we're not talking to. And Arizona makes sense. Mike Hazen is the GM of that team who was basically the number two under Dave Dombrowski for a couple of those years. So there's some familiarity there. 
I don't think Hazen really has any ill will towards the Red Sox. I mean, I think he's more likely to make a deal with us than, say, a, a Ben Sherrington guy out of Pittsburgh. So just give us something. Just put a couple of bodies in that lineup that can can hold it down because Jaron Duran, Franchi Cordero, even Jackie Bradley at times, they're just not, not getting it done. I think Andrew, I didn't even think about, about Walker as a possibility, but seems to take a lot of boxes. Um, the guy that I would like to go after, and uh, I've been very, very consistent in this. It's a long shot. They keep saying they're not going to move him. It would cost too much. I would give up two top 10 prospects for CJ Cron. He's got two years left on his deal. He's a power-hitting first baseman, plays good defense. Familiarity there with, with Trevor Story. I'm sure that would help at some, you know, on some level uh, with getting acclimated to Boston. And then your lineup goes one through eight because I think if you get Story back, you add this piece, you add C.J. Crone to this lineup, there's really not a hole until you get down to the very end. And I would be very interested in in that deal. Walker, I, it, uh, excuse me, oh, he's not even a free agent until 2025. So this is a guy that's controllable, and he's probably a guy you can flip whenever yeah, you want. In arbitration, so I'm hoping Arizona's like, yeah, we're not going to want to pay that. Is it, is that somebody that? has been talked about Andrew I haven't seen him not really Arizona said they'd be willing to trade some outfield depth but I I think you I don't think that they would you know be like absolutely not we're not moving he's 31 you know it's not like he's a 24 year old like he's he's been around the block for a minute well not really but none baseball but he's not he's, (laughs) he's not young uh, that does make a huge difference when when teams are looking to move guys. I'm going to ask this, even though it's probably zero to to close to zero, but it's the dream scenario for me. What are the chances this team trades Bobby Dahlbeck in the next week? I would say zero. Damn. Yeah. I was hoping you weren't going to say that. I mean, if we get a surprise major trade, maybe he's the back end of it or something, you know, prospect number four or five, but I don't think we're looking at that kind of a move. Do we have any chance whatsoever at Trey Mancini? Baltimore won't move him. I mean, if they do, again, you're going to be looking – at a Josh Bell type package, especially to move him in the division. That one's going to have a tax because he, you try, he hits an inside the park home run on Mo Gabba day. And what could be one of his final games in Baltimore. There's just the backlash, especially with them surging right now that, you know, they could trade him. I, if they traded him to Boston, I think the, fans would flip their lid because I believe the Red Sox go to Baltimore like right after the deadline. Right. And we, Baltimore is the team in the division. We have played the least to this point. So I, I would expect that 
I don't think they'll move Mancini. I don't think they can afford to move Mancini. This team is finally playing well. It's their first time having a record over 500 this late in the year since Machado was there. He's the face of the franchise. Obviously, they have, you know, great young prospects, one of whom has really turned this organization around down in Baltimore. But he's not the face of the team. That's Trey Mancini. He's a year removed from cancer treatment. I just don't see it happening. I, I don't think you can move Trey Mancini um, at this point. If they were down and out, which is where they're supposed to be, maybe. But uh, not with Rutschman basically turning this team into a contender uh, for a wild card spot. I'm just surprised as well. I mean, the the upward trajectory they've had, like you guys have pointed out, and why wouldn't you want him if – if there's a spot in your lineup where you, you don't have a stud prospect coming up, why wouldn't you want to keep Trey Mancini? I mean, he's going to be 30. He's not going to get a, a mega deal. I think what uh, Nick Castellanos got would be the absolute top of the mark for him. And I, I think that's probably still way more than what he'll ultimately get anyway. So he's a retainable guy. I don't think... I don't think they'll regret re-signing him like they did Chris Davis, which ended up being about as bad as the Pablo Sandoval contract. Um, I think it's worse. And well, it I don't was think yeah. I mean, Sandoval was like ninety-five million, and and Davis was a hundred and fifty-four million. So financially, yeah, it was worse. And a lot of that money, I think, is was deferred like well into the next decade. So. Um, but I, I don't see why they, they wouldn't want to make him a lifer there in Baltimore, but if there's a way, I mean, I, I've been, I've been calling for it since last winter. I just, I feel like he'd be a very good fit with the Red Sox. It might screw with the outfield a little bit, but we need a first baseman even worse anyway. So I would, I would absolutely love that. I just don't think that there's a possibility of it happening at this point. Uh, for him to move at all, let alone to a division opponent. I don't know that we'll see any in-division trades. I, I actually think the teams that are going to make the most moves in the American League East, keep an eye on Toronto. I think Toronto is going to add. Um, are the Rays going to be sellers m- more so than buyers? I believe so. They have some serious injury concerns. You know, everybody on that team is hurt. And we know that they're always willing to restock. Could we and get a unlike Manny? the Red Sox, they signed the future of their organization to a monster contract extension. So they're not in win now mode. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just mentioning, uh, you know, maybe a Manny Margot type guy if he's healthy. He's didn't he rip up his knee? Oh, did he? He is not healthy. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I, they have a bunch of don't guys. Have anyone that's healthy. Okay. Well, Kiermaier's on the you know injured list. Uh, they lost their catcher there, Zanino, for the season, and Franco um, won't He's be hurt. back for probably what another three or four weeks at least. Yeah. So they've. Uh, I, I think Tampa is is out of it as far as making noise in the playoffs this year, and I think they know it. And I think they'll trade some pieces. Um, the thing is, everyone on their team at this point is cost controllable. They don't have a lot of free agents. 
I think if you're going to move somebody, it's probably going to be like a G-Man Choi. I think G-Man Choi might move. Um, again, another guy that on paper, if he wasn't a Tampa Bay Ray, probably fits the need for the Red Sox. Plays first base. Not that he's the greatest first baseman in the world, but and he can hit a little bit. Doesn't strike out too much. But again, won't trade him in division. Just won't happen, unfortunately. Well, Bloom has uh, the familiarity there. Um, I'm just he does looking, indeed. That is his his team. Yeah, I'm looking at guys like uh, Yandy Diaz. Probably, um, you know, that's aiming too high. That Harold Ramirez guy just has really been a revelation this year. Yes, uh, there's always one in Tampa. Yeah, and uh, I don't think they'd move a Rosarina, but I, I hope well, there's the thing always... with Tampa is you never know they they'll move anybody at any time. Yeah, right. And I hope there's at least some dialogue there uh, between the two. We we well, got Evaldi from there. Ramirez, <laughs> he broke his thumb recently too, so he, oh. he's he's been snake bitten as well. T- Tampa's gotten some hits lately. That must have happened <laughs> over the weekend then. I think yeah, it was pretty recent. Yeah. Okay. I think we're, we're unfortunately we're we're at a point where everybody that has somebody who could fit, you know, the needs of of this Red Sox team is either in the division or they're in the race. So it's, it's going to be tough as we move forward to see how they fill the void. But you know, three errors at first base for Frenchie Cordero in the Guardians games. So something's got to give. We will. Uh, wrap on that unless you gentlemen have anything else you want to add i think that's a good uh ending point because half the stuff i guarantee will be you know moved. redundant <laughs> by the time people listen to this uh we will be back probably on tuesday i believe uh terry correct me if i'm wrong with a special edition of the show post trade deadline um, and then back again for the end of the Milwaukee series. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Take care.